Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. I also have Rick Bernardo as our co-host. Hi. And the goal of our show, as you know, is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, maybe a few aha moments along the way, and most importantly, get us connected. Perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we made the connection. Today's show is about everything changes when you do. <laughs> and, and you might go, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. But, it, but take a pause today, and I'm going to encourage you to perhaps think differently about our reactions. Um, and what is our responsibility? How, how can we perhaps get more of what we need by making some changes in our own life. To help us explore these possibilities, we have Yvette Erasmus, and she's going to be sharing about some practical ways this can show up in our lives, how we can look at processes and inner maps that help transform self-sabotaging habits and disconnected relationships into deeper connection, meaning, and purpose. Welcome, Yvette. Oh, good morning. It's nice to be here. We're so glad that you are. Mm -hmm. um, we've had such good feedback about the work that you do. Um, a shout out to Laura. <laughs> Laura adores you. I love uh, Laura. <laughs> yeah, and she, she's delighted that you'll be doing a series of shows with us. Yeah. Uh, the first uh, Saturday of the month. Mm -hmm. Uh, from now until September, but we won't be doing it on the Labor Day uh, yep. first Saturday. We'll do it on the second Saturday. So you can count on this conversation having a longer trajectory, mm -hmm. which I'm excited about as well. Mm -hmm. Yvette, what I'd love to start with is just having you just share your story. You mm -hmm. you grew up, I understand, in South Africa. And mm -hmm. over the years, you came to some aha moments yourself in terms of what's important. Yeah, yeah, thank you. No, so yes, I was born in South Africa many, many years ago. Um, uh, I'm a white South African. My father was a diplomat, and my mother was a social justice, um, you know, human rights advocate. Oh. Um, so, you know, uh, <laughs> I grew up between opposites, really, really living between opposites. I mean, I grew up in a country that had institutionalized racism, apartheid way back then. Um, very patriarchal, very Christian. Um, in fact, what I feel like I grew up with as a child is where I feel like certain sections of America are trying to get to, which mm -hmm. is just so mind-blowing to me. Um, and, you know, growing up with a father who was working in the Foreign Service meant that we moved a lot as a child. So my first memories were of living in Malawi, and then I was in elementary school in Germany, and then I did middle school back in South Africa. Those are my most formative memories of um, actually living in a white town under apartheid. Um, I went to high school in LA and then I was in, I came here to go to the University of Minnesota. Um, and by the time I think I got into my early 20s, I was a very uh, depressed and confused young woman <laughs> because um, I had so many opposites living inside of me, you know, like um, my very, you know, racist white family, especially on my father's side, and then my very liberal, progressive, um, you know, other side of the family that was sort of against the government on my mother's <laughs> side. Um, and then the, the, the incredible division between black and white mm -hmm. 
and then all of the tribes. I mean, it was just a very complex way of growing up. And then being in all of these different cultures, speaking different languages and always moving, you know, I had a pretty big identity crisis in my early 20s that put me on a on a spiritual trajectory, really, to sort of figure out how do we live on this planet with all of this diversity? How do we really live in peace with one another? And how do we understand who we are ourselves? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, Absolutely. I've been listening to your uh, YouTubes, ah. which I just love. Oh, and I, I highly encourage uh, folks looking at Yvette Erasmus um, on YouTube. Yep. Very good. Yep. Uh, you shared a story about when you were 16 years old and when your dad um, – sort of made a pronouncement of what you should be yeah, and and your reaction to that, which I thought was just yeah. fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember which story that is because uh, well, there are so many. Yes, I can, I can <laughs> help you me. with um, where he told you you have to be moderate. You, you need to – Oh, absolutely. You, you need yes. to, you know, not expect mm-hmm. too much. Absolutely. And you expect – when you expect too much, you're sort of disappointed. So just, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, dial, dial it back. It back. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes. I mean, my my father was all about, like, supporting the status quo and making it work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he was much more about adapting to the systems as they are. And so all of the advice and guidance that I got from my father was much more about, like, settle. Mm -hmm. This is just the real world. This is how things are. This is the way things work. And your job is to adapt to it. And I think that's a big piece of the socialization that I currently in my life am all about changing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if we, you know, my mother, on the other hand, let's just have the contrast there, was much more of a visionary. And she was much more about human rights and values and a vision of what the world could be. So I think what that created in me is sort of a part of myself that is always about how do we join a system initially where it is? Mm -hmm. How do we first meet the world as it is and make peace with that without losing touch with this big vision of what we're actually capable of and what we actually could be creating? Because, I mean, you know, a lot of the work that I do is about human transformation and development, and I'm all about, like, we do not have to settle for the cultures as they currently are. But we do need to understand how we got here, and then we need to use that as a springboard for our own growth and development to start creating something more diverse, more inclusive, more about belonging, more about meeting people's needs, um, and, and so that's, you know. What I love about your answer is mm-hmm. that in the YouTube, you talked about how you could get angry mm-hmm. about your father wanting to mm-hmm. limit you and what kind of father would do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your answer now is very respectful and deeply appreciative of both. Yes. And what both would give you. Absolutely. In terms of a gift of uh, – your selfhood as well as mm-hmm. choice. Yeah. Well, I love that you bring that up because I think actually it it illustrates a really important part of what I see as the human sort of growing up journey, mm-hmm. the waking up, growing up, you know, that we're all trying to do, at least some of us, I suppose, are trying to do. <laughs> because there is a stage where, you know, you look at your childhood, at least I did, and you look at who your parents were, and there is a stage of being angry and rebellious. Like you sort of have a look at what didn't work. And I think there can be some very healthy anger. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're all coming out of a pretty traumatized past in many ways. I mean, most of us are raised in domination systems, which are Mm -hmm. pretty violent. And they create a lot of trauma in the human psyche. 
And so as we wake up to that and we look at the ways in which we developed a socialized self that needed to cope with the pain of our childhood, that helped us adapt, that helped us make do with what we didn't have choices about as dependent children, there is some anger and there's something um, healthy about that and some grief that comes up. And I think we need to create room for that stage of development and to legitimize it, but we don't want to get stuck there. Because when you get stuck there, your needs haven't been met. Exactly. And when your needs haven't been met, that's when you want others to take responsibility. Well, and yes, because what we do in anger is we blame everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then we experience ourselves as victims. Mm -hmm. And then we think that our well-being is dependent on the world being different. Mm -hmm. And that is a stage of development, but we want to get beyond that because, you know, the way that I think about functional, healthy, wise adults is that we move, we take that anger and we look at the treasure underneath it. What really matters to me about this? What really, what's, what are the needs underneath the anger? And the anger is when you uh, explore intention. Yes. Well, you look at intention, you look at the deep needs that didn't get met. Mm -hmm. And when you can ground yourself in, oh, I had a need for more inspiration, for more meaning, for more purpose, for more courage. Mm -hmm. These are the things that, are, that were so important to me. Then I can begin reaching for those in mm -hmm. my own life. And then I can begin really aligning how I'm using my attention, how I'm using my intention, how I'm using my life energy, my words, my choices, my way of being. I can really align it into those things that meet my needs and so ideally it, meet everyone else's needs too. So it allows discernment. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. And that discernment. And wisdom. Speaking of which, discernment, I like that you discern that anger mm -hmm. behind that is some perceived loss mm -hmm. that we're grieving somehow and this is just a reaction like how do we yeah. how do we get that back or how do we recover from it or yeah. what do we do about it yeah. Uh, yeah. but we you don't know we don't notice these minor or major traumas very often uh, in our yeah, lives we're not really aware of them like they live in our unconsciousness i mean one of the things i say about anger is that there are two things that are happening usually when a, when a person is angry there's something that is deeply important to that person, like a deep need that isn't being met, whether mm -hmm. it's for mattering or significance or to be seen and known or for safety. Or Some what, need isn't getting met. Or someone is seeing you in not the way you want to be Somebody seen. Somebody is projecting yes. their shadow self onto yeah. you yes. and you're objecting to that. <laughs> and you're like, wait, Indignant. that's about you, not me. You know, yes, like yeah. I want to be seen for the authenticity of yes. who I am and yes. I'm a good person. Yeah. But what we add on to that is a lot of judgment. And so this is where we start thinking about where do you put your attention? If you put your attention on the judgments, you're going to get more self-righteous, more indignant, more angry, and more aggressive. And if you put your attention on the deeper needs, the thing that is mattering to you, it opens up a world of possibilities of more co-creative, relational, effective things that you could do next or say next that might actually help you get those needs met. And we'll learn more mm -hmm. about how to do that in the rest of our show today. Uh, fascinating ideas and ways I think we all would benefit from in being able to get our needs met. <laughs> you know, you, we can get angry and we, we can express ourselves, but, you know, does that, does that allow us to connect? Mm -hmm. And so much of what we want to do on, of course, Connections Radio Show is explore what are the connections? How do we, how do we create them? So we'll be right back after a few commercials uh, and learn more from Yvette and in terms about your own story um, and how to make it easier for others to meet our needs.
Hi, this is Laura, and I want to encourage you to check out YvetteErasmus.com. Yvette is a teacher, writer, psychologist who integrates core insights from multiple wisdom traditions. She draws from psychology, somatic therapies, nonviolent communication, research in neuroscience and habit formation, as well as insights from more than 25 years of international teaching, coaching, and therapy around the world. Join her for free live calls, Conversations from the Heart, on Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to to 11:30 or participate in deeper dive membership that's a committed community of lifelong learners change agents and peacemakers for regular deep purposeful conversation and practice enjoy live group teaching and coaching calls meet new empathy buddies and learn and access the learning library and more transform power struggles into meaningful connection and internal freedom that's yvetteerasmus.com Y-V-E-T-T-E-E-R-A-S-M-U-S dot com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. We have Rick Bernardo, our co-host. Hi, Rick. Hi, that's and, me. Yes, that's you. And then we have Yvette Erasmus. Oh, good morning. Good morning. And Yvette uh, does a variety of wonderful things mm-hmm. in coming to our show today mm-hmm. that we should give good mention to. Um, you are a speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us more about uh-huh, yeah. uh, you. You also you do some counseling. I do. I'm a clinical psychologist mm-hmm. by training. Um, I have a small private practice, um, but most of what I'm actually doing these days is a lot of um, coaching and consulting and online training work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I run I run a free Q and A. I know you know this already. So uh, you know people can call in with all their relationship and communication problems. This is the thing that I love the most. <laughs> is when and that's call. Wednesday mornings. Yes, Q and A on your website, right? Yeah, it's a Zoom call. You can just yeah. sign up and get the link on the website, and okay. then you can listen in. Um, and EvetteErasmus.com, yes, by the way. That's right. right? Thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I have a membership program that really focuses on helping people. Um, make this shift from their sort of socialized self, which is entrenched in domination systems and very controlling and gets very stuck in power struggles and has really terrible relationships. I really just help people on that journey to co-creation, consciousness, courage, and compassion in their relationships. And, you know, there are many ways that we can address some of the inequities that we see in the world. And the one that I specialize in is the inner work needed Mm -hmm. in people to sort of dismantle the ways that domination systems live in their own psyche. And then that, in my mind, is one of the ways that it then ripples out into the world. Now, there's also a lot of outside-in ways. You know, I'm not saying that one is more effective than the other, but they're all needed. Yep. And and you do communication Mm -hmm. theory training. You do all kinds of... I do a lot of DEIA training. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of um, executive coaching and teamwork I do all sorts of things. I wear so many hats. I never know. <laughs> You're just a vet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. What's DEIA? I know you know. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, it's work in, in diversity, inclusion. Um, it's diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. Yes. Some, and or belonging. And belonging. Uh, yep. We some, I, I sometimes refer to it as idea. It's a good yes. idea because oh, yeah. it's inclusion, diversity, yeah. equity, and ex, uh, accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's lots okay. of different ways exactly. of approaching yeah. um, diversity yeah. and inclusion. Yes, exactly. And I love that. So I, mm-hmm. I really just help individuals who want to make that shift, who want to become less violent, more nonviolent, more compassionate, mm-hmm. more authentic, yeah. 
have better relationships, get out of power struggles. That's really a lot of the work that I do. And it's both systemic and individual. So I think a lot of people are familiar with mindfulness. That's, yes. that's been something that, that has been um, celebrated for mm-hmm. the last 10, 15 years mm-hmm. as something to think, which I think is about inner work, you know, yes. being able to start to like um, listen yes. to ourselves yes. and what that means. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you see mm-hmm. uh, mindfulness. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I think one of the foundations to actually being co-creative with ourselves is being able to ground ourselves in our goodness, to get really rooted in our goodness and the part of ourselves that is wise and compassionate and can observe our socialized self. Mm -hmm. Because very often, you know, when you have that moment where you do something, you think, why am I doing this? This isn't me. Or I know better. Why do I keep doing this thing that I know better? (laughs) Why does this keep coming up? Why does this keep coming up? Haven't I learned my lesson yet? (laughs) Right? Exactly. Why does the universe keep giving me this opportunity? That's right. Because we get very stuck in our unconscious programming because we've absorbed a bunch of adaptations to a domination system. And where we become an object. Where we become an object. Right. I mean, if you're, if you're growing up in patriarchy, white supremacy, capitalism, all kinds of inst- like sort of institutionalized systems like this, you may have developed this idea that you're an object to, to meet other people's needs or that other people exist as objects to meet your needs. If you've got a big ego. Yes, yes. Wow, yeah, exactly. If you're that narcissist, <laughs> we all know them. That's right. Yeah. So but, this is, yeah, go ahead, Rick. No, you I was just going to underscore what you're saying, yeah. but here's the thing. It's like growing up in in a kitchen where the wallpaper keeps saying your value is tied to if you are useful or not to this person, to this company, to this nation, to this state, to this network. And that's counter to every wisdom and spiritual tradition in history, pretty much, unless you're Nazis. Uh, I mean, so the 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 object subject divide is right there if if you're you, you only useful I, I only have kids so they could you know do the dishes and that's it yes. you know it, it, that that's a uh, so our lives are, are programmed and, and and echo this you're only valued if you're useful and that's yeah and that's, it's that's dehumanizing a that, it, it is well if we see humans as sacred in any other way yeah Yes, yes, I love that. It's just so important what you're doing. So we've all got this internalized and we have this idea. We, In a sense, we dehumanize ourselves. And so this practice of mindfulness is really the practice of getting your attention into your inner being, the authenticity of you as a subject and getting to know yourself as a subject and then being able to relate with other people as conscious, sacred, co-creative beings that have intrinsic worth. But that's not what domination systems train us to do, and we've absorbed that. We often are, are trained in a story. Yes. So the story is one that we then believe is truth. Yes. And then when we have truth, anything that rattles that truth yep. makes us uncomfortable, yep. and there has to be something wrong because the meaning of the story gives us purpose. Yes. The meaning of the story. So how do you hold a story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also be able to be neutral without judgment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it, it's a deep practice. I mean – there, one thing I would say is you can recognize that you probably have multiple stories living inside of you and they probably contradict one another. Mm-hmm. And so when you get grounded into your authentic, eternal self, if you believe in that, 
um, or your spiritual self or your deep inner being, then a mindfulness practice is really about getting into your witnessing self. Then you expand your sense of identity enough that you can hold, your, you become a container for all of these stories. And you begin to see that these are stories that you've inherited from your family system and the generations that came before them and the culture within which you're living. And when you can begin to see these as stories and things that you've inherited without being identified with them, thinking that this is who you are, because if you think it's who you are, you're going to get very, very resistant and defensive around it. Because it, you feel judged. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, well, because you feel like your whole sense of self is about to be annihilated. You think it's you. You, you think, think it's, it's you. all you. That's right. That's and right. And that's, that's it. There's the trigger. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Because then, yeah. then yeah. any questioning of a belief feels like a questioning of you. And so when you get when you get really good at mindfulness practice, you realize that the essence of who you are is actually not attackable. Mm -hmm. It gives you a sense of increased capacity and compassion to really begin examining what is it that we've internalized and what do we want to do with it as we move forward into a, a better future. So we can take feedback. Yes, yes. That may feel uncomfortable. Yep. Uh, but we don't lose our self-respect. That's right. We can treat ourselves, we can maintain healthy self-esteem and dignity mm -hmm. because we, what, what that enables us to do is actually enter into a growth and learning zone instead of a fight-flight-free zone, mm -hmm. right? It, it's not as threatening. And, and the moment that I think that any difference is threatening, <laughs> my nervous system is going to kick in and I'm going to fight, attack, label, mm -hmm. uh, freeze up. You know, we see that psychologically through silence and withdrawing and avoiding, flee. You leave the room, you hang up the phone, you, you know, don't go to certain places. You start living in an echo chamber in a bubble. And those aren't really conducive to creating a world that works for all people. <laughs> One of the things I heard you say about uh, the fight or flight mm -hmm. is that so often anger or those intense feelings are part of the unresolved fight or flight. Absolutely. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to leave a cliffhanger okay, great. <laughs> for our audience because I think it's a fascinating concept uh -huh. of what didn't get resolved in that fight or flight and yeah. how that may come out later Yes, and what can be done with inner work Absolutely. to look at that. So stay with us. <laughs> great stuff coming up. Uh, and if you're wanting to learn uh, more, I would uh, encourage you to go to yvetterasmus.com uh, and that's uh, Y V. E-T-T-E-E-R-A-S-M-U-S. -E -E Yvette, with a Y, YvetteErasmus.com. Stay with us. We'll be back. Hi, this is Laura, and I want to encourage you to check out YvetteErasmus.com. Yvette is a teacher, writer, psychologist who integrates core insights from multiple wisdom traditions. She draws from psychology, somatic therapies, nonviolent communication, research in neuroscience and habit formation, as well as insights from more than 25 years of international teaching, coaching, and therapy around the world. Join her for free live calls, Conversations from the Heart, on Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 11.30, or participate in Deeper Dive Membership. That's a committed community of lifelong learners, change agents, and peacemakers for regular deep 
purposeful conversation and practice. Enjoy live group teaching and coaching calls. Meet new empathy buddies and learn access the learning library and more. Transform power struggles into meaningful connection and internal freedom. That's YvetteErasmus.com. Y-V-E-T-T-E-E-R-A-S-M-U-S.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And today we are exploring everything changes when you do. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, Rick Bernardo, Hello. our co-host. Hi. And bringing us deeper realizations of how to do inner work, um, a psychologist, a speaker, a uh, a peace promoter. Mm, uh, I like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. A, yeah. Prom- a promoter of inner peace and world peace. Yes. And how the two can perhaps come together yes. uh, in the most uh, co-creative way. I love that, Lori. <laughs> uh, Yvette Erasmus, we're so delighted to have you here, Yvette. And uh, our, our last segment, we were talking about um, when we have – fight or flight, Mm -hmm. which we all kind of know what Mm -hmm. that means, Mm -hmm. you know, when we've got our energy up and and we either want to just run out of the situation Mm -hmm. or run into it um, with even more conviction, Mm -hmm. um, something happens when when that's not complete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, What happens? Yeah. So... You know, what, what often happens with our defenses and our, our nervous system, our fight-flight-free system, is that we end up storing incomplete responses in our bodies. And so um, that piece of like when things have not been completed has to do with the trauma work that so many of us need to do. And trauma work is really a somatic, body-based type of healing. It's not going to Um, happen from the top down, you know, through talk therapy. Talk therapy is excellent for certain things. Mm -hmm. But with trauma work, you know, you're you're really going back into the body because one of the things that domination systems will train you to do is keep your attention in your mind and in your head and to be pretty cut off from your feelings and your needs. And the body just carries the head, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) I I know when when I – from years of teaching ethics, the question always comes up is, like, well, what stopped me from doing what I knew mm-hmm. was the right thing or avoiding the wrong thing? Yeah. And what keeps coming up, I, mean, I have a fun segment when I teach, it's, I call it about ethical brains. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a part of the brainstem I learned from a tobacco, former tobacco scientist who's under FBI protection now. Uh, he said there's a part of the brain that uh, it's called the mesolimbic um, system, brain of the brainstem. Basically, it gets it, it hijacked mm-hmm. uh, when something is triggered, when the fight or flight response. We're, we're not thinking anymore. Mm-hmm. We're, we're more like reacting. So yeah. anyway, I, I was like, absolutely hijack so in that yeah. reaction. But mm-hmm. if we've also felt like we've had to not be able to express that, mm-hmm. yeah, we store it. That and that storage, I have to believe, is yeah. toxic. Well, it wants to be discharged. See, everything that we've taken in, everything that has happened to us is still living inside of us through our memories, and Mm -hmm. it's sort of stored in the cells of our body. And so part of healing work, if we're going to start, you know, doing any kind of transformation work, some of that work is about getting back into your body and finding out what is stored and what wants to be seen and heard and witnessed and felt 
we sometimes need to go back and feel the things that were intolerable to feel when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And so as we increase our own capacity, we sort of, I think of the human psyche as a bit of a container that ideally mm-hmm. is getting bigger and stronger all the time. So when I have more capacity, then I can go back into my memory system and remember things that have happened, and that's going to come with stored emotion. And as I feel into that emotion in the present moment, I can learn how to discharge it through my body. And we, we discharge in so many ways, mm-hmm. laughing, crying, shaking, trembling, goosebumps, um, heat, cold. But, you know, um, the way that I was brought up, at least, you know, in school, for example, you're told to contain your feelings, make them go away. They're not welcome. Don't cry. They're dangerous. They're dangerous. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like the, the main training we many of us got around our feelings was to suppress them. Because thinking mm-hmm. and cognitive- Was privileged. Yes. And the more you had of that, the better you are and mm-hmm. who you are. Mm-hmm. The smarter you are, mm-hmm. yep. the, more, the more successful. and It's more manageable yes, for exactly. everybody. You know. Yes. But, we just uh, want it to be simple and children need to just behave and be compliant. And so we learn to be obedient and compliant. And then when we get sick of that, we get very rebellious and angry. <laughs> and then this is also the anatomy of a power struggle. You know, mm-hmm. I'm rebelling, I'm submitting. I'm rebelling, I'm submitting. Who has more power? Who gets their way? It creates a lot of strife in most relationships when that's the only tool we have. But when you can observe mm-hmm. and take more time to observe mm-hmm. and be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and becoming more accepting, I'm not going to say comfortable with uncomfortable, but yeah. at least more accepting Just, of yeah. the discomfort. Yeah, you It create, allows... Yeah. It no, starts I love to that. be a choice that you didn't really have before. I mean, the sense of choice. Yeah. It was some, uh, somebody just... I realized a couple of other details in my life right, that something was running me. Yes. I wasn't running it. It was yeah. just it just happened. Exactly. And I was like, oh, I, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, that is the process of growing up, right, that we, we move from having things running us to actually running ourselves. And from having, you know, like as children, we sort of absorb everything. And then we get into adulthood with all the stuff we absorb that we didn't necessarily consent to to being a co-creative active adult who says, okay, how much of this is good that I want to keep and pull forward into the future? And what things that happen to me do I want to interrupt and stop? And this is where we start talking about cycle breakers. Mm -hmm. Where does the cycle of violence stop with me? Where do I say, yes, I fielded that, and I know how harmful and painful that was, I'm not bringing that into the future. I'm not carrying that forward into my way of being. We don't have to override mm-hmm. our feelings. No. Um, we can feel them. Yes. And there's sometimes that it may be more appropriate to be doing that with someone. Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, that you need to be, especially if you're dealing with trauma. Absolutely. This is. This you don't is, do this alone. This is something because it, it can be very, um, you, you need to have a guide Yes, through and, that process. And also, these wounds are relational wounds. Mm-hmm. They are way that they happened in a relationship. They get healed in a relationship. Otherwise, it's just another story I'm telling myself. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we literally do need to have a lived experience with other humans in order to make it real. And as we do that work, mm-hmm. it gets back to the theme of our show today. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything changes when I do. Yes. And and what are those 
what are those bennies mm-hmm. <laughs> that come mm-hmm. from the change, mm-hmm. the shift? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to believe in that shift. Mm-hmm. There is more, I'm going to even say wonder, yes. because you don't have to have all your mind made up. And yes. you don't have to perform in a certain way. Yes. You can be exploring and childlike. Yes. In in discovery. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are so many benefits. You get more freedom. You get more choice. When you have the capacity to feel every feeling without being triggered and reactive, but with also without suppressing and overriding, mm-hmm. you have access to your intuition, all of the data inside of you, but you're still in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have so much more choice and freedom. You also have a lot more safety, and safety comes from your ability to trust yourself to handle whatever comes your way. It doesn't come from, you know, lining up the world to be a particular way because that's never going to happen. But it's about really trusting your own strength inside capacity and ability to respond to a much broader range of crazy ways that the rest of the world can be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. You talked about coming to peace in terms of being able to make the connection. Mm-hmm. So you've got your needs, mm-hmm. their needs, mm-hmm. our needs. Yes, yes. As, as sort of three dimensions of, yeah. of, of alignment. Yeah. What so does let, that look like? Let's talk about needs just for a moment because yeah. this is a concept that I want to give credit to Dr. Marshall Rosenberg for. He's the um, founder of Nonviolent Communication, which is one of the things, one of the many things that I teach. Um, But, you know, the way that Marshall defined needs, universal human needs, is um, you can think of them, some people think of them as sort of divine source energy, and some people think of them as intrinsic motivators. But they're those things that we share as human beings across the planet, regardless of identity factors or culture or age or any of these things. They're the things that we need to have met in order to survive and thrive. Now, in a domination system, you get a lot of training that you that it's bad to be needy. Mm-hmm. And it's bad to be needy because you're dependent and you're high maintenance and you're difficult selfish and, and you're difficult. And exactly. it takes more time. That's and... right. So a lot of people learn. <laughs> Can't we just get with the program That's and right. move forward? That's right. Because what a domination system wants is compliant, obedient people that make it easy for the systems to continue as is. It's much more efficient. Yes. <laughs> if we much, wanna... much more efficient. <laughs> it's so true. If we want to maintain the status quo, which happens to be very violent and fragmented. Model for machinery. <laughs> It is. It's really good for machines, but not so good for living organisms like human beings. Yeah. And so when we start to develop what Marshall called a needs consciousness instead of a performance consciousness, it's one of the main shifts that help us get out of object and into subject. And then we begin realizing, oh, I have a need for safety. Oh, I have a need to be seen and heard. Oh, this is about my need for inclusion and belonging. And these are needs that I share with uh, every other human being on the planet. And it gives us a place to start rehumanizing ourselves and other people instead of seeing one another through what Marshall would call enemy images and labels and diagnoses and ideas of wrongness. And when you can recognize it in yourself, mm-hmm. I have to believe we go to school on recognizing it mm-hmm. in ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can do an aha moment of recognizing it in another yes. without it being um, 
patronizing or pointing it out. Just exactly. Absolutely authentic of being able to to notice or empathize absolutely. with what some, someone else may be struggling with the things that we have yeah. been looking at in ourselves. Yeah. I mean, Marshall used to say that um, the only thing that people are ever doing is saying please or thank you. Mm-hmm. And when we learn to see every behavior, every action as a tragic strategy to meet an unmet need, we, we can begin reframing our ideas of, of yeah, our interpretations, at least, mm-hmm. of what's happening when we have more choices. There's, there's something about letting go in there like yeah. uh, that I have in so many ways had to learn to like how do I just – to give my attention somewhere else like mm-hmm. we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. I've got to let go of this other thing I was enmeshed in. So mm-hmm. it's just – it's a muscle that we can maybe talk about mm-hmm. more. Uh, how do we let go? But to me it also is – how do we do some recognition? There's mm-hmm. also a holding on mm-hmm. um, in that the, con- the conversation we were having at one point in terms of there's a performative self of how yes. we want to be pleasing others. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the part that you're talking about in, mm-hmm. in letting go that mm-hmm. we don't need to perform. Mm-hmm. But how do we ground ourselves in who we are so comfortably mm-hmm. that no matter what comes at us, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. can I learn that's, something from that? Do I have a reaction to that? If mm-hmm. I have a reaction to that, can that lead me to, you know, mm-hmm. being able to be in growth mm-hmm. and and to not feel bad that someone sees mm-hmm. that? Hey, mm-hmm. I'll have to take a look. Do I see where I've done that? Mm-hmm. Well, it just well, takes maybe. me so much practice is what it is, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. It's almost like these muscles that I didn't know I had or mm-hmm. could develop. So. Well, what's great is we can uh, learn and develop it at, at our age. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes. good. Yes. I will, you know, I will agree with you. Like, it is a lot of practice and intentionality. I mean, the very first thing we do is we set an intention. Do I want to be controlling in this moment or do I want to be connected? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the place we start. With the thing I'm about to say, the thing I'm about to do is my central intention to gain control or to develop a connection. And then Boy. from that place, we will choose very different strategies. Gotcha. And with that, we'll come back <laughs> to a follow-up question that I have in terms of the difference of why we would want control mm-hmm. or why would we want connection. Yeah. And is it... Is it a choice or, you know, is it an instinct mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. of what we do? So mm-hmm. how, how to explore that. So there's more. More Eva- to come. Stay Eva- with Erasmus.com. us. There you go. And that's her, her website. That, to that's our website, actually. And when you go there, you can see her videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, are, there, are, there are so many cool videos there. Yeah. So <laughs> go, go listen. It's good stuff. And you'll have more good stuff in just a moment. Hi, this is Laura, and I want to encourage you to check out YvetteErasmus.com. Yvette is a teacher, writer, psychologist who integrates core insights from multiple wisdom traditions. She draws from psychology, somatic therapies, nonviolent communication, research in neuroscience and habit formation, as well as insights from more than 25 years of international teaching, coaching, and therapy around the world. Join her for free live calls, Conversations from the Heart, on Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 11.30, or participate in Deeper Dive membership. 
That's a committed community of lifelong learners, change agents, and peacemakers for regular, deep, purposeful conversation and practice. Enjoy live group teaching and coaching calls. Meet new empathy buddies and learn to access the learning library and more. Transform power struggles into meaningful connection and internal freedom. That's YvetteErasmus.com. Y-V-E-T-T-E-E-R-A-S-M-U-S dot com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. Uh, we have a good time. We share ourselves, our stories, our our hopes, our dreams. Um, We're sharing and, and ways to heal uh, today, especially. What are what are some things that we can look at in changing ourselves that um, has everything changed when we do? Mm-hmm. And how can we perhaps look at in changing ourselves? being able to receive the things that we need mm-hmm. uh, and asking that from others in a way that is going to be much more conducive mm-hmm. <laughs> to getting those mm-hmm. things done. So you've taken us on a journey uh, today in terms of uh, helping us understand uh, so much. Mm-hmm. But I should tell you, I am your host, Lori Fitz. <laughs> I've got my co-host, Rick Bernardo, and Yvette Erasmus is our guest today. Mm. You've been hearing perhaps commercials throughout the show, which I've been delighted to hear as well, how Yvette is a therapist, a speaker, an advocate for diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, a thinker, <laughs> yeah, someone who is exploring ideas mm-hmm. and ultimately wants to help make the world more peaceful. Absolutely. Yeah. Bringing joy. Yeah. The word yeah. transformation keeps coming up. Uh, well, all kinds of good words, but um, dom- how do we move from domination to violence, not only in the systems that you're very aware of are running us, but also running us internally as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, moving from domination and violence to, to co-creation and nonviolence in our relationships with ourselves, with others, and then with the world at large. In the future, I and, and I also want to mention everyone by me saying in the mm-hmm. future, yeah. we have the privilege uh, to have Yvette coming back the first Saturday of the month um, through September uh, and maybe longer. We'll <laughs> see if we can keep persuading her to think about <laughs> staying with us a little bit longer. Uh, some of the things that I want to explore with you is um, cultural differences. You brought it up in mm-hmm. the last segment a little mm-hmm. bit yeah. that – there's something within us that's even bigger than mm-hmm. our cultural differences. Mm-hmm. But I'm still fascinated by our cultural mm-hmm. um, heritage yes, uh, and and how that impacts our connectedness as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, human beings are wired to feel fear around difference and things that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the first things that we want to learn how to work with in conscious and peaceful ways that – I'm going to feel a little activated and uncomfortable when something is not predictable. And also, I'm going to be interpreting your actions and words through my cultural lens. And when that happens, um, we have a big gap between intention and impact that can become very problematic in human relationships because we think we're meaning one thing, but the way that somebody else interprets it is very different because they're bringing a different cultural lens. When you say that, I have this image of the American traveler in Paris <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you know goes to Paris because they've got, this is the story of Paris, mm-hmm. and they're not really allowing the difference yeah. versus the story yeah. and the um, 
imposing at times yeah. of our style yeah. and yeah, culture yeah. Absolutely. That, that isn't necessarily mm-hmm. uh, compatible. We mm-hmm. want to go to the Marriott because we know that the mm-hmm. Marriott is going, and, and we mm-hmm. love Marriott, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, it is, you know, we want it to be the same wherever we go. We like sameness. Yeah. And I love that you bring in this word um, imposing because mm-hmm. um, if you are of Caucasian ancestry, you're going to have, I'll speak for myself, you know, as a white South African, colonialism is pretty deeply embedded in the cultures of the families that we are coming out of. And in colonialism, we have this very arrogant and superior idea that our way is the right way, the better way, the more civilized way. And we are here to help everybody else become more like us. Mm -hmm. And that's a very toxic thing to have inherited. Mm -hmm. And we'll find that in ourselves in many ways. And also we have our biology and our nervous system, right, (laughs) that just is really interested in safety and survival. Uh Um, enforcing that. And so these are some of the things that we start learning how to work with a lot more skillfully and a lot more consciously. Steve Martin did a thing, uh, an impression of that kind of American. Is Those French have a different word for everything. <laughs> you know, you know. Yes. <laughs> and with that, in a mm-hmm. bigger picture, I know we're coming to a close um, mm-hmm. with our show today. I just want to plant the seed that I'm fascinated with our, our next conversations to go a deeper dive with yeah. what does that look like. Yeah. Um, I think we can also embrace what does it look at, like at racism mm-hmm. and, and our discomfort around that. And, mm-hmm. and our country right now is suffering mm-hmm. uh, with a deep divide. And yeah. with that colonialism, there's mm-hmm. also I want to erase history mm-hmm. is underneath yes. the colonial yes. and, and how that is showing up. Yeah. All and, the denial defenses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we can do that. And what I love about your approach is we can do that without being triggered. Yeah, or without vilifying one another. Right. Yeah. How do we actually help one another learn and grow and evolve mm-hmm. instead of fragmenting, instead of using this as yet another way to fragment and vilify one another? Because ultimately, we do want our country to come together. Absolutely. I believe in my heart of hearts, and, I'm, and I want to celebrate mm-hmm. that um, – Biden brought it together mm-hmm. and and did bipartisanism mm-hmm. that maybe nobody's thrilled with, but it got things done. Mm-hmm. Um, how can how can we translate that from what his hope for America is mm-hmm. for our own personal hope mm-hmm. and world hope as well? Yeah. So thank you, yeah. thank you, and yes, give the website one more time. Website our is Yvette Erasmus. <laughs> Yvette begins with a Y, Erasmus, just the way it sounds, ending in mus.com. That website has all kinds of links to her question and answer sessions and her other tools. Yes, and we're delighted that Yvette will be back in July. So stay with us uh, for that as well. And, you know, we'll, we, we're going to be opening up the question and answers sometime soon. So start thinking about questions you might want to have for Yvette. We're going to start with the first two with a sharing um, and then after that, you get to ask us. Mm-hmm. We'll so we'll do some we'll live Q&A. That'll yeah. be fun. So thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for being connected and being part of Connections Radio Show.